Hey everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. This is part one of a series of short interviews with the student designers who brought their work to this year's USITT Conference and Expo in Louisville, Kentucky, and were part of the Young Designer Forum. In this episode, you will hear interviews with Aaron Reed, costume designer, Jen Bobo, prop artisan and scenic designer, Sierra Luo, lighting designer, Izzy Hines, scenic designer, Natalie Kandra, technical direction and scenic carpentry, Carolyn M. Walker, costume technology and shop management, Talbot Jenkins, costume design, Katie Blenko, lighting design, Kelly Harrod, scenic design, and finally, Aaron Curry, lighting designer. Thank you to everyone for participating. Your work is amazing. Please be sure to check out the show notes for links to many of their most excellent design portfolios. Without further ado, on to our first interview. Hello and good morning. My name is Rich Bryant. I am with the Archiving Technical Theater History Podcast, and I am here at USITT's 2019. This is where, now where am I standing? This is the Young Designers, Young Designers, Technicians, and Managers Forum. Okay, and what is your name? My name is Erin Reed. Okay. I am a third-year MFA costume designer at the University of Tennessee. Excellent. And what are you showing us today? So today we have a couple things. Um, I've got a few produced projects. I have a Peter and the Starcatcher, which was produced in the, uh, like September 2017. Thank goodness I wrote it down. <laughs> then I also got over here Alias Grace, which opened in September of 2018. Um, that was in our Carousel Theater. That's kind of a fun period piece for anybody who's watched the Netflix series. I highly recommend it. It's a really great meaty story and kind of a new upcoming play. It's about to be produced at Cincinnati in their upcoming season. So uh, Cincinnati Playhouse. So it's got it's got some really good stuff in it. I've also got a couple uh, theoretical projects here. I've got a Tempest and a version of the Moors that's called the Historical Project, where we have to draw out every single item that would be on the actor in as much detail with as much historical accuracy as possible. Okay, and so we have uh, we not only have costume plates. We have, yes. uh, we have some renderings here. We've got renderings, we've got photos, we've got swatch cards, we've got a half-scale dress that okay. I draped um, as part of a project to, you know, kind of force design students to drape their own their own designs to really <laughs> bring it full circle. Um, trying to show a breadth of things. Okay, so uh, your ambitions are to be a full-time costume designer or yeah. get into what, what exactly... If you could, if you could say, what is your like ideal thing that you're aiming for today? What would it be? So, in in my heart of hearts, I would love to be, you know, a teaching costume designer, costume construction for a BFA or an MFA program. That's why I got my MFA in the first place. Um, but you know, in a little bit more, you know, short-term goals, I'm really excited to just kind of get into freelance and really kind of start going out and doing the work. I've been in school for 19 years now, you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to just be like a working professional out in the world and not a student. Excellent. So um, if you want people to find you, what, uh, how do they do it? Social media, email, phone, carrier pigeon, what? Yes. So my email is eread447 at hotmail.com. 
Um, I also have a website. It's ereedcostumedesign.com. So I, you can get a hold of me in all sorts of ways there. Um, but that's kind of a good home base. My portfolio's on there. My resume's on there. So you can take a quick peek, shoot me an email. I'd love to chat with people. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, the time that we had here, Aaron, And uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, uh, another stop here at the, this is the Young Artists, Young Designers young and designers. Stage manager, oh, Managers and Technicians. I, I screw that up all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm standing here with uh, Jen Bobo, is that correct? Yes, that is. And you are a prop ma- master and artisan from the University of Oklahoma in yep. beautiful Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> and uh, right now I'm looking at a display of her work and I was wondering if you could just give me the, the lowdown of your work. Yeah, I um, am a prop artisan who's really interested and motivated by materials. I like to get my hands dirty and make over-the-top props that wow the audience. I like to make puppets and create moments that really capture the stories we're telling. Um, I, In my scenic design, I look for new and interesting ways to bring exciting moments to my shows and I strive to be a part of important stories. Um, I love fake food and it's really something I'm playing with right now. I recently did a a Christmas carol and had a lot of pies and poultry in that production. Um, Yeah, because right now what we're looking at, uh, for those of you listening, we have what looks like a, it's from a Christmas carol, it's an apple tart which looks really good. And a big Christmas goose. <laughs> now, uh, what was your process in, in, in putting these together? And um... Most of them are made out of foam. Okay. Uh, they are made out of pink foam, which is usually used for housing insulation. Okay. And um, they're carved to shape and then added to details with craft foam and um, hot glue and all the fun things and painted to perfection. <laughs> Excellent. And I noticed up there, it says the 2019 USITT Bernard Works Master Crafts Awardee. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Did you ever have an opportunity to meet uh, Mr. Works? I did not, unfortunately. Yes, I know. This is my first year at USITT. Okay. Uh, If you ever get a chance, um, find a fellow around here and ask him about Mr. Works. I will. He's really great. And if you ever find the University of Illinois people where he did a lot of his work, Uh talk to them as well. All right. so other than uh, these delicious looking food props that you have, you, see, you also do scenic design. I do, I do. And what are, what are we looking at here scenic design wise? Um, Lucia, City of Angels, and Angels in America. Okay. Um, for City of Angels, I put them in the middle of a movie and <laughs> that was great and lots of fun. For Lucia, I played with gothic windows and cantilevers and ghosts and spookies and I loved it and um, then in Angels in America I played with Roscoe's UV wing UV paint and um, made UV wings for the angels appearance um, that were activated by light and that was a wonderful experience and moment in that show excellent and, and uh, who has been your uh, your mentor through this process? Uh, John Young, my professor, Megan Buchanan, who taught me props, and Christine Goldman Bagwell, who's employed me at Williamstown over the last few years. So Excellent. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time. Of course. Um, if people want to find you, mm-hmm. do you have uh, an email? Do you have a uh, social media? What's yeah. the best way to get on? Um, a- go to my website, jbbdesigner.com, and find me on Instagram at jbbdesigns. Excellent. Well, I thank you very much, Jen, for your time. Thank you. Wish you the best of luck. You too.
Hey everyone, we are here once again at the, what, what, is this, what is this section called again? The Young Designers Forum. Forum. Okay, and to my left is? Oh, Rachel Yana. From? Oh, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. I'm TR. I'm originally from China. Okay. I'm Izzy Hines. I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm Emily Rooks, and I'm also from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Excellent. And uh, Miss Izzy Hines and Miss? TR. TR? Yes. Uh, lighting designer and scenic designer, respectively. Um, we're here to just kind of capture uh, what your work is, and if you could kind of just give us a, a lowdown on uh, a little bit of what we're seeing here, and uh, hopefully give the audience uh, an idea of what you do. <laughs> I know. So many things in my hand. Um, so I'm presenting here uh, my work, The Eras, which is a very old play, and. Um, the designer, sorry, I'm the line designer, and um, I really, really enjoy working with the director and other designers for this show because the director really wants a real, realist, realistic um, look on stage. But um, as a designer, I really want to capture the moments where I can do very stylized. Um, like, I actually have my first picture on top, that's the last moment of the show. Um, and it's just very, very simple, and it's uh, overall just yellow um, color lighting. Um, and and I have walls for this show, and I have um, that there was a little bit of challenge with lighting in a box set, but um, I think I learned a lot from light designing this show because now I know how to light a box set successfully. Okay. Um, and I have to my left, there's an, the Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. Um, and it's very interesting. This show is mostly female. And it's actually a, about Hitler's rise. Okay. So it's a parallel story about Hitler. Um, and our Hitler, Arturo Ui, <laughs> female. And the only two male cast here uh, in, in the show they mostly don't have lines and they get great pictures because I don't have to like their face so there you go we don't need to listen to them talk <laughs> yeah well he get really good face uh, pictures because I don't have to like their face um, and then they're in silhouette they're in very nice um, sculptured okay. look which is great well let, um, let me ask you this um, yeah uh, what has been kind of uh, your has, who has been your mentor in, in helping you develop your your approach to lighting or what inspires you to, to do uh, this type of work because these pictures are beautiful and the okay. looks are really nice um, so if you could just kind of give me a little bit of information about that yeah so um, I started out uh, in my undergrad I was a East Asian studies major actually okay. I was not a theater major and my original interest in lighting came from uh, street lights Okay. Um, and I love simplicity, and I actually have my like a top row of my work there. Um, I only use two lights, and I lit um, in a fireplace. Okay. And so I love site-specific work. So and I also love really stylized work. So my process, um, my mentor um, in grad school, his name is Alan Han, and he. He thinks idea is so important for a designer. Okay. Um, and even though some uh, shows like the Eras I have here 
has very specific time of day. Okay. But having very、uh, specific ideas and arc of the show is very important.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that from him. And also, as I used to be more or less like a language of theater major in undergrad,、mm-hmm. so.、Um, My scholar background also made me think I do have need a structure so I can understand the play better,、okay. and I can、uh, light the show with better ideas, with better arc.、Um, so it's not just about like giving specific looks; it's also about like tying the show together. That's to tell a story. We're storytellers, designers. Absolutely. Absolutely.、Yeah. Uh, so you said that you、uh, you have a background in language.、Um, What have you been able to bring from that study of language into the the language that is design? Yeah, so、um, I I speak Chinese, Japanese.、Um, I'm from China, so I think that's my native language.、Mm-hmm. And I also speak Japanese fluently. I went to Japan、uh, for a semester, and I'm fluent in Japanese. So、um, that background really gave me, like, in research, of course, and like in areas here, I have、um, my very beginning idea was cage. So it is about because she, the main character, she's trapped in this. House and she's rich, but her father is not gonna let her go out and、okay. social.、Um, but he's also upset that she can't do that. And, and then later,、um, her life is just cap- captured, like it's she's just enclosed in this house. It's big, but、um, it's enclosed. So I have that cage idea in my mind that like、uh, the handsome person who comes in to sweet talk to her—that's the. Little sunlight that she get, but still,、um, and and the cage idea got it from a Chinese phrase that's like, old rich people they'll get like mistress and they can't keep them like in a. We 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 have a, a pretty worldwide audience. So,、mm-hmm. could, what what what's the phrase in in in, in Chinese? In Chinese, um, 金丝雀 So it's a.、Uh, And if I directly translate that into English, character by character is、um, golden silk bird. Okay. And、uh, I used to remember my friend told me what that was, but I can't remember now. But I just feel like the direct, even the direct translation, it just sounds so beautiful. But、mm-hmm. it's also very sad that they're just kept in that golden little cage, but they'll never be able to go out. Um, and that's all. I got my first idea, and I made that, made sure that goes into my final moment. Well, it is. It is definitely a beautiful work to see.、Um, but I want to move over here、yes. as well to Miss Izzy Hines. Hello, Miss Izzy Hines. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Excellent.、Uh, could you tell me now? You are,、uh, as it says here, a senior designer. Yes. But you also, it looks like you do some costuming as well. I do. Yes.、Um, could you tell me just a little bit about what we're seeing here and、uh, your work? Yeah, absolutely.、Uh, so what I'm presenting here is I have three main stage realized designs. Uh, I'm primarily a scenic designer, and so I designed the Witches of Eastwick at Western Michigan University, as well as Shakespeare in Love. And then the costume design that I've done comes from the show that we just closed at Western. It's the Dancing Granny, and I got to be the costume designer and the scenic designer for the production. And we just striked that down last week, so I was able to bring all three of them here to present to people. Okay,、um, you have、uh, a lot of now. What I'm, what we're looking at is some hand drawings. Are、yes. these inspiration drawings? What are these here? Yes. So I wanted to bring a lot of my work to see how it gets to the finalized product instead of just bringing the finalized product. 
the Dancing Granny show that we did, it's a children's show. It's in the round, and um, it's an African folk art piece with a lot of dancing. And we did it over spring break so that we brought in local schools from the community so that they could see the show and kind of educate the community on African culture and uh, educate them further on an experience that they wouldn't normally get to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so with that show, it's a lot different than the shows that are with two by fours and screws. It was fabric, it was in the round. Um, We didn't use any screws or wood in the show. And so I brought a bunch of my sketches to see how we got to where we landed because we knew we wanted a tree in the center. It's the tree of life. It's the center of energy for the whole production. And so I brought a lot of sketches to see how we came from a canopy that's a bunch of panels radiating in a circle um, to the trunk that we ended up doing with fabric and how we got there because the process came so far. Our, our original idea was significantly different than when we, where we ended up. So, uh, uh, had, had, I, and I'll, obviously I don't know every show that's ever been <laughs> written, but um, how, who, who, uh, who came to the show? How did, I, where is the show... Is this uh, from an American uh, writer? Is this from a foreign writer of some sort? Or? It's based on a children's book. Okay. And I believe it's written by an, uh, a person from Africa, and they brought it to America and wrote the children's book to kind of educate and share the story with children. Uh-huh. It bases around Anansi, which is a spider who is very common in folk art from this region of Africa. Uh, and the show is written into a children's production, but it hasn't really been produced much. I think we're one of the first productions of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it was a lot to take on because there wasn't a lot of other productions to look forward to uh, and compare it to, which was also a good thing because we really made it our own. And you have some really beautiful little model boxes here. Yes. Um, we have The Witches of Eastwick. We have Shakespeare in Love. And you also have some design books here. The mm-hmm. process for putting this together. Now, this is after the, the your, your design is done and this is all the completed or was this pre when you showed it to your your the design team mm-hmm. where, where is this in, in the yes. process the ones i have present today are ones that were after the production we put our model boxes on display for people to see as they come into the theater so these ones are for show before these there are multiple other models we usually start with a quarter inch white model and then sometimes we build a half inch full color model and those are used for the director and the actors to get a sense of space and to build from and to paint from. Okay. Uh, and so these ones are more to show the space to make them in a smaller, more easy to travel, representational model. Okay. And what have you uh, what have you gleaned since coming to USITT and being part of this this event? Uh, it's just really exciting. I've wanted to be in the Young Designers Forum for a couple of years now. It's something I really. Uh, strive to be in uh, and so it's yeah it's my third year I'm, okay. a, se- I'm a senior I was, I was looking <laughs> yeah. for a little red star <laughs> no, this is my third year um, so it's just been really inspiring to be here and I think as artists a lot of the time we constantly think other people are better than ourselves so it's kind of hard sometimes to put your work on display because everybody looks so good so it's it's a really good place to know that you're amongst a bunch of people who are just as good as you and you're all going the same goal and going to the same industry. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. I, I think our, 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 your partner here who is sharing the booth with you has disappeared and I wanted to ask her about her uh, information to be able to guide people to yes. her. She uh, might be just around the corner. Uh, well, <laughs> in, the, in the moment, um, yes. if, if people want to see your work, find your work, how do they do it? Yes, my name is Izzy Hines. It's I-Z-Z-Y-H-I-N-E-S. My Instagram is Izzy Hines Designs, and you can also go to my website, which is just IzzyHines.com. Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Um, here, let's 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 read. Uh, 
it's Oh, see, we're gonna, we're gonna. I know, we're gonna butcher the name. We're, we're, we're terribly sorry. Let me see if she's around the okay, we're gonna, we're gonna see if we can find her. Uh oh, -uh, we lost our buddy. Anyway, well. <laughs> Spell it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll spare it out. It's a Q I E R H, or no, I'm sorry, Q I E R L U O dot com. And uh, hopefully that'll get people to, to, to view her work as well because we want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to, to check things out. So, again, I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. So here I am again, again at the Young Designers Showcase. Young Technicians and Designers. Young Technicians and, and, and Designers Showcase. And I'm talking with uh, Natalie Kendra from Point Park University. Pittsburgh, PA, and uh, you look, it looks like you specialize uh, are in technical direction and scenic carpentry. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're looking at here today? Yes, I'm a, a senior at Point Park University, soon to be graduating this April, and what I have on display are examples of my work at school, as well as some summer stock uh, work that I did in the past two summers. Okay. Um, what are we looking at here? So we have one side is technical direction, the other is scenic carpentry? No, it's a, it's a mixture of both. Um, okay. Where over here uh, at my school, I was able to go from working on a crew and then rising through the ranks. And eventually my senior capstone has been uh, the technical director position of Sunday in the Park with George. Okay. Um, so what I have on display with my school is examples of my carpentry and then also my drafting and technical work. Excellent. And uh, we have what, what looks like here different floor treatments? Um, so what, uh, this one specifically is actually the Oberon sign, uh, a scenic element in the show Into the Breaches. Okay. And I have on, what I have as examples are my scenic painting skills where I was able to be a part of the, the process of staining the wood and putting fake grain on it and uh, to get it to the final product. So what, uh, how did you get interested in the, this particular part of the production arts? Um, I would say it started all the way back in high school where I wasn't really doing anything with my life and I was like, I need something to do. So I decided to join the stage crew and I fell in love with it instantly and I went to college for uh, scenic carpentry. Yeah, because I, I, I know that uh, that's how I got started. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was an after-school activity, and I just kind of took to it. Um, so you, uh, so you, so you not only are a builder, but you're a draftsperson as well. Yes. Okay. Do you have? Uh, there's a there's kind of like a back and forth about whether people use CAD or VectorWorks or things like. What do you find you use? I mostly use AutoCAD. Um, I have a little bit dabbled in the arts of VectorWorks, but it. AutoCAD makes sense to me, so that's what I've mostly used. Okay, and uh, so we also have here what looks like a building block. <laughs> uh, so what that is, is a, a cube puzzle that I made for one of my class final projects. Okay. Uh, what we had to do was make an escape room. Oh, and wow. And so this was part of the like process of escaping. Oh, so, uh, so what we're looking at here is different letters and that's how it's spelled out, how to get out? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. 
So um, we also have what looks like a binder here. It is my uh, physical portfolio that oh, I would okay. be using during an interview or something. Okay. So it, it really just has almost the same exact information that's out here. I just have it in a more portable um, handheld fashion. Excellent. And if you could, who uh, who helps who's helped mentor you through your process through becoming the the technical director carpenter that you are today? Do you want, like, real names or...? It's entirely up to you. Oh, okay. I, I, if we need to protect the innocent, <laughs> we will go with pseudonames. His name um, was Batman. <laughs> um, well, I mean, at our school, his name is Superman. Um, oh. But it would be my technical director at Point Park University. He is such a huge guide and mentor to me and... Uh, all my teachers there as well were such huge help. Um, they really fostered the, like the theater spirit and uh, compassion and kindness, but also hard work and, and driven uh, personality. Excellent. And if uh, if, you, if if people want to see your work or maybe get you some employment, how how do they find you? Um, I currently do not have a website, but I will very soon. Um, mm -hmm. But right now, uh, my email is natalie.kandra.gmail.com, okay. and they can contact me through that. Excellent. Real offers only, folks. <laughs> let, let, let's make sure that uh, we put her excellent talent and skills to use. So uh, thank you very much. I wish you the best of luck in, uh, in what you're doing. Thank you. And here we go. So I am now standing here with... Miss Carolyn M. Walker, Costume Technician and Shop Management uh, from the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm super. I'm super. I'm, I'm wildly inspired by all this, this fantastic work. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Uh, so uh, what, what do you have here on display that we are looking at? Sure, so today I've got some pictures of some of the work that I've done, most of the period work that I um, have worked on while I've been at School of the Arts. I also started at Ohio University at grad school for my first two years and ended up transferring to University of North Carolina School of the Arts to take part of their management program. Um, what else I've got is I have a doublet on display on a dress form with a capelet. Um, the capelet has some 3D printed buttons on it, which was a really fun project to kind of work with the craft shop those, on. Those are 3D yeah, printed? Yeah, yeah, they're 3D printed. Um, and then we, we they gold leafed them and then used like a um, like a FEV on the inside to kind of give it a little bit more dimension. Okay. Yeah, um, and I've also got a buckram bonnet with um, silk du pione gathered around it to make it look almost like a collage hat, which is a very difficult type of hat to make and I wanted to kind of give it the look of a collage without having the making it this took me 12 hours a collage would have taken me quite quite a bit more oh, wow. <laughs> it, now now for, for me being the uneducated sure the first thing I think of is like it look it reminds me of a pilgrim hat oh okay like, yeah like, but I but obviously that's not the technical it's yeah it's so it's a it's a bonnet it's like a, a late 18th uh, late 19th century okay. so if you think like Charles Dickens era yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and I've got a leather tooled mask um which that's was a leather really, that's yeah. not wood yep it's leather and that was a really fun project because um the way that we built it um and I did this as a project with another grad student um she made one and I made one um we sculpted on a a face form the shape of the mask that we wanted to make and then we made a cast of it in plaster um, which was the negative mold and then we made a harder it, it's it's called something like um, like ever rock or something it's a really hard 
plaster okay. that we made the positive mold out of, and then we wet the leather and molded it around the mold and like burnished it with this like leather tool that kind of looks it's almost like a just like a little wedge of wood that you just rub into the creases until you get the grooves in it and the shape that you want okay um and then we just dyed it um finished it i added a strap to the back so so what may most people may not know mm-hmm. or they say oh wow that's so neat but that that was probably very labor intensive that project itself i mean once you make the mold if you're just making multiples of the mask it becomes a pretty easy process but the process of making the mold like making the model making the mold making the cast this project probably took me around 25 hours to complete wow um and the easiest part was actually making pulling the leather over the Ah. the mold because at that point you've only got so much time to work with it until it it dries out right because it Um, wants to shrink yeah yeah and once it dries it starts to harden so you can't really come to you to reconstitute it to keep working with it um yeah so and then i've got a pair of hand-sewn leather gloves i found instructions in a 1940s women's book um, on how to make gloves and i thought i'd give it a shot Um, and they're made out of kid skin um and they're hand-sewn with a uh, really tiny running stitch with silamide thread um and i've got a uh a van brace. It's uh, it's the set of van braces that Boromir wore in the Lord of the Rings. Um, and then when he dies, Aragorn takes them and wears them for the rest of the series. Oh, okay. So I did, it's all leather tooled. It's on a very thick like leather hide piece that I, I tooled it and then I dyed it, painted it to kind of match the the movie piece. So the 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 work that you're doing here is is, is magnificent. Well, thank um, you. Who has, who, uh, has helped? been like your mentor your inspiration to to bring you along in in all this yeah so i mean my my first real mentor was cassandra payne at ohio university she was the person that really recruited me into the program and she fostered my love of research and um management and she was just a really great inspiration um when i left ohio was when she also left um and i ended up going to the school that she went to Uh um which is school of the arts so um at school of the arts i've got two really great professors i've got pam kanorik and kirsten lester morotska um and Pam does management and Kirsten does most of the tech classes and they have really pushed me to work on my fine detail and my finesse um, and they've just they've really pushed me to be the best artisan that I can and I think that it has really polished me into a person that I if I had stayed at OU or just at School of the Arts I wouldn't be as strong as I am today I'm not saying everyone should transfer grad schools because that's a little bit stressful but um, it, it really helped me become um, the artist that I am you know excellent and if uh, people want to find and use your fantastic artisan skills uh-huh. how do they do it uh, if you go on carolynmariewalker.com it's c-a-r-o-l-y-n-m-a-r-i-e walker.com uh, no one ever has trouble spelling walker no, probably not. <laughs> um, that's my website and there is a section with my resume there's my whole portfolio on there and there's a way to contact me on there as well so Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Great. Thank this, you so again, much. Again, everything I've seen here so far has been amazing between all the all the designers here. So, congratulations. Thank you. Great talking to you. I think that's a great idea. Do you have a card? So, uh, again, here again, um, I am now standing with Miss Talbot Jenkins, a student at Baylor University of Waco, Texas. This is... She has a red star, so this is her first USITT event. Yes, it is. 
welcome. Um, and right now we are looking at some of her lovely costume uh, renderings and presentation here in the Young Designers Forum. Excellent. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what we're looking at here today? Yeah, okay, so uh, my name is Talbot. I'm a graduating senior from Baylor, so I'm an undergrad. Um, I am from Colorado, but you know I've been in Texas for the past three and a half years. Um, so I have done both design and construction. So I have two realized productions from my undergrad, which is really awesome. And then I've also built stuff for um, different Baylor shows, and I worked at a company called Red Threaded this past summer, which they're a historical corset company, but they also do commission work. So I got to work on the Anastasia tour of like the Broadway show. I got to work on some of their costumes as well. So, so what we're looking at here is, I see uh, what's called the Random World, Anna Karenina, Ice Glen. Um, what what do all these works um, yeah, represent? Yeah, so. This Random World was the show that I did my junior year. I produced it, designed it. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't fully produce it. I just did the costume designs for it. And it's a modern show. Um, and basically the setup for the show is this idea that everyone is connected, but we may not recognize those connections. So an example is there's a brother and a sister, and the sister meets the, her brother's high school friend's ex-boyfriend in Nepal on a trip. But they don't know they don't know they have that connection. Okay. So for the designs for this show, I really focused on individualizing their, their costumes and not really creating an overall unified um, color palette or anything. I mostly focused on like who is this person and how can I represent them best. So when you, when, when you do your research, um, where, what tends to be the thing that you um, start to, to, to pick out with? Because you said you talked about the the, the character themselves and not necessarily a color palette. Yeah. So when you read the play, what were there things that jumped out about them? or? Um, certain theme. Usually within plays, there are certain themes that come up over and over, either like certain phrases or words, or they reference a certain event. Um, so for like this show, I definitely did use that where I kind of I focused on like the dialogue um, and what they talked about and how they interact with other characters. And um, I mean, a lot of my design work is taking who those characters are and transforming those into different elements of art. Mm -hmm. Since I'm doing like character design and not, you know, a set design or anything, I'm focusing on like who these people are. For other shows, I'll take like themes from the show itself or um, kind of like images that pop up again and again or symbolism, um, symbols, and take those and incorporate that into. The show. So, like for Ice Glen, for example, there's a lot of, which is another show that I did, there's a lot of themes about art and nature and how those things affect us. And so, for the characters who are most connected to nature and art, I gave very vibrant autumnal colors because that was the setting. And um, sh this character, Sarah, she's outside all the time. So, I gave her a really vibrant purple skirt and another one that's a very orange and brown skirt with lots of like dirt um, and stains on it because she's outside and gardening um, and wandering around without her shoes on. So, and then for other characters, I gave Dulce, who's the widow who lives there, um, I gave her a lot of blues and pinks in her outfits. Um, and since she doesn't really belong in the countryside and more in the city, okay. she doesn't have those autumnal colors. She has more um, like blues and pinks and ones that you wouldn't necessarily find outside in the fall. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, do you have a particular uh, um, 
I don't want to say genre, but a particular thing or design style that uh, that you find um, you like the most, or do you just like to design everything? Um, I, in terms of like genres of. I don't know, costumes. I really enjoy historical period stuff. So, like, you know, the Victorian or early 20th century, yeah, 20th century, or fantasy. I really enjoy fantasy. So, like, my okay. Midsummer's renderings I set in feudal Japan. Um, so I have these very stylized um, drawings I've taken from, like, woodblock prints and floating world um, okay. Japanese art, and then kind of a lot of the cultural um, influences from, from that, which was a theoretical project. So... Um, it's not been realized. I would love it to be realized because it's one of my favorite designs. Um, but well, yeah, it kind of it kind of depends. So probably the shows that I would enjoy, I would enjoy doing the most that would most likely happen uh-huh. <laughs> would probably be like either you know things like Game of Thrones or okay. um, like Downton Abbey, those sorts of things, like really beautiful, um, intricate, rich costumes. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you uh, who has helped you through the the, the your your process of becoming the designer you are today oh man definitely my professors okay um one in particular sally lynn askins she is the costume design professor at baylor and um she it has this beautiful background in um art because she started out as an art major okay and then she um became a theater major and started doing more um theater and then costumes and everything else so she's really showed me like how to do or like how to create a really good concept and how to also make your renderings really beautiful but also informative. Um, and then also just being at Baylor and seeing my other professors design and other students design and just being around creative people who are coming up with concepts and showing the work and like figuring out how to make a show come to life. Okay. It's really inspiring. Um, so yeah, like mostly Sally um, and then also um, Becca Janney, she is the assistant costume shop manager right now. She graduated from Baylor two years ago, and she kind of, she has come back. And her she's designed some shows for Baylor, and they're very colorful and bright, and just really interesting to look at and design. And like they're really cool. So excellent. And if people want to to see your work, how do they how do they get uh, a hold of you? Or fine if you if they say we need Talbot's designs. <laughs> How do we how do we get you uh, contact for maybe some somebody listening to this will say I want to I want to give you a job. Yeah, so my website is a Wix site. It's called um, talbotjenkins.wixsite.com slash talbotjenkins, and my email is talbot.jenkins at gmail.com. So my website has all my information. You can contact me through there, um, and also emailing works great. Serious offers only. <laughs> Serious offers only. Well, I thank you for your time. Thank you. I wish you the best of luck, and uh, this is really amazing stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, so I'm standing here with Catherine Blenko. Well, yes, I go by Katie, though. Katie, Katie, I'm sorry. Very official, very official. Um, You are a lighting designer? Yes, I am. And you are from? University of Arkansas. University of Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And uh, what are you presenting here today? So I am presenting my thesis show, which was The Glass Menagerie. Uh, My most recent show, She Kills Monsters. One of my shows from my summer stock, uh, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And then a partnership with our opera department, Man of La Mancha. Okay. And uh, we have 
not only uh, some beautiful pho photographs here, we also have all your paperwork. We have an iPad here. What's on the iPad? Uh, the iPad is just scrolling images of more shows. Um, so if you want to see more pictures on one of the particular shows or have a question of something else I've done, I have more images to talk through. And how did you get involved in lighting? I actually started my the summer before my freshman year of high school. Uh, we started a youth theater company in my hometown of McKinney. And uh, the summer before, the first show we did, we did two melodramas back to back. And we, and on that show, I was the stage manager, props designer, stage designer, set designer. The only thing I really didn't do was uh, lights. Okay. Well, our lighting designer ended up having to move. So we had this opening for a lighting designer, and everybody was like, I don't want to do it. And so I was like, sure, I'll do it. Um, and we had a professional designer, lighting designer, come in to help us learn how to do it. And from that moment of the first time I really hung a light and designed the show, she kind of took me under her wing, and I had been, I have been working with her since the summer before my freshman year of high school. I still work with her to this day as her assistant or associate whenever she needs help. Uh, she sends me jobs if she can't do them. And so it's a really great working relationship, and I love working with her. And that's how I got into lighting design in general. Okay. Um, but I got into theater like most good Christian girls. Uh, I started doing the summer... Uh, programs with the church and doing the musicals um, but then from there I just kind of started going into like deep down the dark hole of theater and going that direction you make, make it sound like theater is this like nefarious it's not but there are some shows that kind of do push the boundaries sure um, one of the shows that I recently did was Jesus Christ Superstar which was a good refresher into religion in theater and and as you were saying that you we have our we have your book here, and uh, it's great. It's great. How long? Uh, when was the show produced? It was produced in July of 2018. Okay. And uh, now, as 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 a lighting designer, um, you said that you had started with all the all the various jobs. Um, did you? Uh, do you do any kind of programming as well, or is it just, just design? No, I also do programming. I am sort of the uh, go-to programmer for our regional theater. I'm sort of the resident programmer. Okay. Um, when they need somebody to come in, um, I am the first one they call. And I started that my first year in my master's program. Okay. Um, I was assisting my master's uh, advisor on a show and they saw how fast I was and how precise like, the precision I had while programming and from that point forward I have only not designed about three shows for them in three years. So if you could give some words of encouragement for, for people, um, young women in particular, of uh, pursuing the production arts, what, what would you say? Uh, it is slowly not becoming a man's world. Um, know your stuff, know it well, and you will get hired. Okay. Cool. Very cool. So if uh, people want to put Miss Katie Blenko, Lighting Design Supreme, to, uh, to, to work, how do, uh, how do people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, 
and Twitter at CB Designs LTD, or you can go to my website, which is www.cbdesigns with an S LTD.com. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. I am standing here again, another of the many interviews I've had so far, Miss Kelly Herod. Herod. Like the, like the like the department store. Yes. Excellent. Uh, you are from Kansas City, Missouri, but yeah, there's no. I'm at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. University uh, of Missouri, Kansas City. Somehow they missed it on the name tag. Oh, fail, but, fail. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you are a presenting as a scenic designer. Yes, I'm in my last semester of graduate school at UMKC. Okay. Um, so I'm almost done. I'll be graduating in May. Very excited with an MFA in scenic design. Okay. Um. And, so, and what we are looking at is a, a, a smattering of, of different shows. So we have the Scottish play, we have Blood Spirits, a show called Men in Boats, Informed Consent, um, uh, Dracula, okay. and Secret Soldiers, Hero, Heroines in Disguise. And, um, and can you just, well, let's, let's pick one. And, okay. and, and, because right now I see the model box for Dracula, mm-hmm. and it uh, looks like you have a plot here. And a lot of drafting. A lot of drafting. So t- uh, let's talk about Dracula. Okay. Um, it was a new production that we got written by a local Kansas City playwright. Um, he is one of the film professors at the university as well, and is a Dracula enthusiast. They were trying to find a production of a script from Dracula that really that, that worked well with the MFA acting class that we have as well, because um, we do a lot of co-productions with other companies in town. So this was a co-production with the Kansas City Actors Theater. Okay. Um, and it was on the Spencer Theater main stage at the Kansas City Repertory Theater. Okay. Um, but, um, so for me as a designer, I started working with the director and the playwright really early on. Um, okay. Like eight months before the show went up. Uh-huh. Um, and we really wanted to kind of keep it in Dracula's world, that all of these characters were in there and that... Um, it really harkened back to the original Bram Stoker novel um, with the the way that novel is written is very much in journals and letters and diary entries and so having a space for them to read those out kind of down here and understand what's happening but keep it in Dracula's world and everything else is a part of that okay. so, so I worked I found um, I got in touch with an archaeologist friend of mine who was in um, Whitby Abbey over the summer and kept posting all of these gorgeous pictures of the architecture and the stonework, which you can't find online anywhere. Because <laughs> not, not all... everything is online. you well, got to no. go visit so when these you go, places. When you go to Whitby Abbey and you look up all of the pictures, all you find are people selfieing in front of it. Uh, and I needed okay. detailed pictures the of the stonework. So there's these foam carved faces that were down here, all of this stonework, and the arches that were along the second story walkway that were all modeled directly after Whitby Abbey, which is where Carfax Abbey is based off of the original novel. Um, so you said this was, this was a completely new work. Yes. How was it working from something that yes. had never been produced before? I, you got to be the originator. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, what something that really the 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 one major thing that was kind of easiest to tell about it is that the uh, 
lighting designer and I were having a conversation about this cage that's in here that Redfield was in during the entire production, pretty much. Okay. And um, we're we're looking at a cage which is upstage right on the second second level. Second level. Okay. Um, and him and I were talking, and we're like, "Well, so Renfield's in here the whole time. What is? Why is her character in here? Who is she to this show?" And we kept talking about how she wanted to become Dracula, almost, and that's kind of her role in the show is wanting to become a vampire. And so we were thinking, "Well, what if she's hanging upside down sometime like a bat? What if? What can we do with that?" And we we're just kind of joking about it at first, and then we brought it to the director and the playwright and said. We have this idea, what do you think? And they said, oh, that sounds great, and ended up writing an entire another scene for it. Oh, wow. And so getting to work with a living playwright in the room saying, what do you think about this? Or them coming to me saying, hey, I really am interested in seeing something like this. Um, and that back and forth with a living playwright that's in the room with you a lot, you don't get necessarily with other shows that... Um, that, that are older that you know the playwrights <laughs> passed away or whatever sure um, but, but, okay. but it was it was a lot of fun well, um, what would you say it was uh, a challenge then um, for, for for because so because if you have nothing to work <laughs> off of yeah. other than the script and whatever the playwright's talking about um I mean I kind of got to do a lot it was I mean I don't I don't necessarily like knowing what every production has done before. Okay. Um, because then I'm not creating something else that's from me. Um, probably the biggest issue with working with a new play is the the time. I mean, you don't necessarily know how long something's going to take. You don't know... <laughs> I mean, we were still changing lines in the script through previews. Okay. Um, and so for the actors, that was that was a whole other challenge for them, for writing cues, for the lighting designer and everything. Um, I started so early as a scenic designer, and most of the time we do, that my job's generally finished at that point. But um, who, uh, who, uh, who helped mentor you uh, through this process? Or who do you find that is the person you're, as, we, as you know, your, your Obi-Wan Kenobi, your Jedi <laughs> master that... If you get stuck, who's the person that helps you? Um, I mean, it really it depends on each show, because sometimes the director will be that person. But um, through UMKC and through my schooling, it's really been John Azell, who's our um, professor emeritus of scenic design, who just retired. But, um, I mean, he's an incredible designer, and I've really learned a lot from him. Um, and I'm able to take a lot of, like, anytime he says something, I'm always able to take a lot away from it. Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. So if, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, see your work, get you a job, how do they do that? Um, I have a website. I also have business cards um, if you want to take one. But my uh, website is um, kellyharrod.com, K-E-L-L-I-H-A-R-R-O-D.com is probably the best way. My email and everything is on there on my website as well. So Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Excellent. Hi. Okay, so I'm standing here with Mr. Aaron Curry, yes, a lighting hello. designer from the University of Texas at Austin, also known as UT Austin. Yep, hook em. Hook em horns. <laughs> uh, you better be careful. there. I think there's a Sooner somewhere over there. Oh, no, I, I won't tell them. Uh, we, we probably won't. Uh, uh, from Austin, Texas. Um, and 
could you tell us um, right now we're looking at uh, examples of your work from the same show various shows what variety are we of shows there's I believe I have seven different shows up on this display right now varying from um, operas that I've done musicals uh, dance pieces you name it dramas you name it it's on here cool and uh, are the where are these um, university productions or are some of these um, productions done outside or? it's a mix it's an amalgamation there's uh, okay. projects that I've done with the University of Texas um, and projects that I've worked on as a freelance designer. And uh, what, we have a book here? Yes, we do. The book is the portfolio of work that has a uh, smattering of examples of shows that I've done, three different pictures for each production to sort of highlight the different styles of work that I tend to find myself working in. These are beautiful. Thank you very much, yeah. This can be yours too for a low, low price of $125. Uh, you know, look it up, Aaron Curry Designs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he's, he's shilling, folks. Simple, <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Give me a dollar, I'll pick a color for you. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> which is which is an interesting question because uh, of uh, the switching over or the slow migration to LED. Yeah. And uh, how, how have you found that transition? Um, I've enjoyed the transition. You know, we're in a we're in a space right now where a lot of companies are in hybrid systems, so they're using both LED technology and conventional incandescence, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really probably the most exciting place we can be at right now, both in terms of um, the art that we're able to create and you know the financial standpoint of a lot of companies in American theater. Okay, we're able to utilize the technology that we know and have grown up with and are familiar with, and the color temperatures that we have associated with live storytelling and and just, you know, the way we experience life from day to day and are able to heighten that with, you know, different experiences in new technology and the, um, the abilities that LED technology have to not necessarily mimic what conventionals can do, but either help to emphasize that or bring a whole new dimension of color and texture and shape to the roles that we're crafting on stage. What, what would you say is kind of like the, the thing that uh, you find is like the biggest misconception about lighting? Like, people say, well, we'll fix it with lighting. And you're like, no, lighting can't fix. No, that's, that's a huge... Lighting cannot fix everything. Uh, we can help to... We can help to emphasize or de-emphasize something, but ultimately what happens on stage is a relationship, and it's, a, it's an interaction between everything that you see on stage, whether it be, you know, how the light is reflecting off the scenery, how the light is reflecting off of the costumes or, or projections, you know, working with two different mediums of light, having an understanding of how those two can work together, all mediums in theater can work together, is critical to any success of any story that you put on stage. These, uh, these pictures here, are these photographs you took personally, or are these um, th uh, from a professional photographer who came in for... Both. Some of the photos on here um, I've taken. Some of them are from my work. We're able, able to step away from the tech table and you know take a quick shot. Uh -huh. um, other photos are from fellow assist, uh, fellow designers that have worked on the shows with me. Uh, some of them are also from photographers that the companies have brought in themselves to uh, archive the work. Because I've I've noticed from from particularly lighting folks. Um, that they tend to, to get into photography because it because of light and, and what it captures. Of course, yeah. Because to represent an idea of what light is, you have to go out and you have to view it and see it. Explore it, see it, understand uh, it, experience it. What, uh, what would you say is um, kind of uh, your... Where do you draw inspiration when you're out and about in the world? Are you the type of person that... You know, people are wondering why you're looking up or why you're looking around, <laughs> or, or do you go? Are you are you like um, 
Is it anything, everything? You go to movies, you go to concerts, you go, you just experience life. I, I experience life. I look up. I try not to look down. Um, I'm a big fan of going to museums and looking at art and understanding how, you know, former artists in our, in our history and our culture and other cultures as well uh, have perceived and used light in the works that they've created. I think the way that people express light in their art determines and defines how they themselves and their cultures experience light. And so if I'm working on a piece that um, explores the cross, uh, cross-cultural communication or if I'm working with a piece from a foreign culture, looking at their artwork and seeing how they expressed and viewed light um, brings a whole new understanding and meaning to the magic of, you know, luminescence and what it can do. Um, if you, you, uh, everyone has someone that they point to and they say, that person inspired me or this person has helped me. Um, who, are, who are some of the, maybe the people that... Uh, you go, I want to be like that person. I may not be able to do their work, because I'm going to do my work, but they, they, they gave me something that inspired me to become a better designer, just a better observer. Well, there's, it's funny you mention that, because a few weeks ago, I, I was in a little bit of an artistic rut myself, working on just getting projects done, getting the work out, and then I went, um, I was about to go see the National Tour of Anastasia, and you know, I was like, okay, sure, why not? I'll go see a show. And sat down and watched it, and just the way that Don Holder, who was the lighting designer on that piece, mm-hmm. uh, was able to craft such beautiful streaks of color and just paint these beautiful spaces with Aaron Rines as the projection designer, uh, reminded me why I do what I do and why why working with light and color and texture is is such a beautiful thing. And you know, to see that, I went back in intermission and looked at my friend and said, that's why I do what I do. I want to do that. So Don Holder, if you're listening, hi, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was very lucky to have the opportunity to sit behind Jim Ingalls. Oh, brilliant. And uh, to this day, there are things that I say that I've creatively borrowed from him. Yeah. You know, and uh, the way he laid stuff out. I was also a big fan of... Um, uh, Mr. Kevin Rigdon. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, who is who is affectionately known at one time as the king of the part queue. Because <laughs> at the time, the the Light Palette 90 was a real big sure. board at the time in Strand. And he he could craft a, craft a light queue like nobody's business. Yeah. So um, if people want to hire you, as we've just chilled for, <laughs> how, how do they find you? Do you have a, other than this lovely book for yes. $125 can be yours. at, at AaronCurryDesigns.com? Yes, you can find me there, AaronCurryDesigns.com. Uh, on Instagram at uh, AaronCurryDesigns. Twitter, A Curry Designs. Uh, email Aaron at AaronCurryDesigns.com. My goodness, my goodness. If they can't find you, then they have a problem. <laughs> they obviously have a problem. Just Google me. I think I'm number six underneath the Seattle Seahawks. There, there's another Aaron who's a linebacker. So yeah, you know, find well, him and then go a few more down and you'll find me. Go him. sports team. <laughs> is this, this is not your first time with USITT? No, this is my, I believe it's my sixth conference now. Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. All right, well, thank you very much for thank your time. You. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much. Cheers. Absolutely. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. 
If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.